0: Hey friends, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always and I am so excited to be sitting down with you this week. So welcome back. I'm honestly really so grateful for your listening ears every week and I just want to thank all of you for such like loving feedback and just a really loving response to all of my solo podcast episodes. Recently, as you all know, I'm kind of making this transition from having like being really kind of like guest focused on the show and transitioning more over to focusing on solo podcast episodes. And you all have just been really loving this transition, and the feedback that I've been getting has been so great. So, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really am so incredibly grateful for you all. And I also put out like a question box on Instagram and sent out an email asking for topic requests just for future podcast episodes. Last week, I believe I mentioned this as well. And I just received so many responses and requests and things like that. So we have like several months of topic requests. So keep them coming because between like your requests and all of the ideas that I have inside of my brain, I'm pretty sure we could just plan out the entire 2023 um, podcast schedule. So that's super fun. And yeah, just thank you so much again. So today's episode is kind of like a continuation of last week's episode. So if you did not listen to last week's episode, you'll definitely want to because it was actually... A really good episode. It was me answering a listener question about basically like, how do we know if what we're eating is working for us? Right. So, her response or her question came to me on Instagram after I had been posting about some of the food I was eating and just sharing more about like how I nourish my body and essentially her question was just like how do you know what works for you in terms of like food right like how do you know what's good for you and I did a really deep dive in my answer last week because, as you all know, I am definitely not a short-winded person, which is really, it works out really well for me because I have a podcast and I can take one question and make it basically like a 30, 40, 60-minute episode for you all to tune into and enjoy so part of my answer last week was like in response to her question about how do we know what way of eating is good for us right like how do we know part of my answer there a very small part because I really quickly like glossed over this last week and kind of said that I would be recording this episode for this week to go deeper into it. But basically last week I had mentioned that we need to be focused on like our health markers and we need to be focused more so on these health markers like this should be our focus rather than just like what it is we're eating right and so kind of like an example or a better way to explain this is we can go on social media we can be cruising through the grocery store or wherever it is we are like it's just truly nutrition information is just we are bombarded by it on a daily basis even if you are trying to steer clear from it there are going to likely be people even like bringing up these random nutrition facts and information and stuff in your life like it's just kind of out there everywhere and it can get really confusing and overwhelming but basically what I'm trying to say is we are constantly facing all of this random health and nutrition information and we are told like eat this don't eat that and I think if you're listening to this show you can resonate with what I'm saying like I spent a really great portion of my life like a huge chunk of my life being very very focused on what was on my plate and you know i if we're so focused on what is on our plate I'm very curious, like what's most, what's more important than what is on our plate is actually how our bodies are responding. So like, where are our health markers? What is our body actually trying to communicate with us on a daily basis? So I feel like so many people are more focused about what is on their plate rather than how their body is actually functioning and this is a really big problem because we really do need to be so like we need to focus on how our body is functioning rather than just what is on our plate right? And so just kind of going back to what I had said is I personally spent a very large portion of my life focusing on the foods that I ate and solely the foods that I ate. Like that is what I thought equaled health. Like if I ate these quote-unquote healthy foods or if I ate in this quote-unquote, like, healthy way then I was healthy, whereas, like, I was totally uh, ignorant to how my body was actually functioning, so was I eating, like, healthy, whole foods? Yeah, I, you know, my, my plate was filled with whole foods, But when we actually looked at the health and function of my body, it was not. And therefore, the way that I was eating back then was not actually healthy. Okay, so that was kind of part of my answer of last week is one of the ways that we know if we are eating in a way that is working for us is when our health markers are all where they need to be and they're not you know out of range or out of balance so that is what we're tackling this week on the podcast there's a lot to go through and I really do hope you really enjoy all of this information because this has been an episode that I have been wanting to record for quite some time, but that's kind of one of the other reasons why I wanted to go solo podcast heavy this year and just moving forward is because I would always have all of these ideas of episodes to record, but my schedule was just filled with guests always coming on the show. And so it was honestly pretty hard for me to, you know, actually put together these episodes for you that I wanted to record for you. Um, So anyways, that's just another positive of me recording these solo podcast episodes for you. Before we do really get into things, though, I just want to note that I do know that my audio quality is not the best. Um, my computer has kind of been acting up lately, I suppose. I have a fairly new laptop, but it's doing that thing where it just sounds like a plane is Trying to take off, but it's not going anywhere. You know, it's just making a lot of noise. And therefore, every single time I sit down to record a podcast episode, it just sounds like there's something running in the background. I have this really like professional microphone and a pretty good setup. But because my laptop is making all of these noises, It just doesn't sound like crystal clear. So I just wanted to let you know that like I am aware that the audio quality might not be, you know, 10 out of 10, but hopefully it's all okay for you. So let's just get into this conversation here, because like I said, we do have a lot to get through. And basically what I want to share with you today and go through with you today are these health markers to look at. So in the world we live in today, our like society places or tells us that two things are very important. Number one, the food we eat. So the type of food we eat, how we eat that food like in what proportions, that sort of thing. There is so much focus on the food we eat and also what our bodies look like. Whereas like those two things, the food we eat, how we eat it and what proportions, etc. and how our bodies look. The like this actually does not share anything about how our body is actually functioning and therefore those two things are actually not markers of how healthy we are and so in today's episode we're going to go over true health markers to give you an idea of where you can turn to to assess like Where your health is at. And, you know, I've said this for years now is that like our health goes far beyond our plates or the food that we eat. And this episode is a perfect like description of that because we're going to go through it all. So I actually have 15 health markers that we're going to look at today. So stay with me if you are doing something, this might be an episode that you want to come back to make notes of. But maybe you are just casually listening to it while you're not like driving or something. And so yeah, this might be just an episode where you take out your notes app in your phone or a little notepad and you just kind of make some notes because we're going through a lot today. So one of the first health markers or the first health marker That I want to talk to you about today is your body temperature. So having warm hands, warm feet, and also a warm nose, like your nose should not be cold, nor should your hands or your feet be cold. So one sign of health is having warm hands, feet, and A nose, but also just like having a warm body. So, part of health is actually having warmth. So, if you're the type of person that feels like you always need to be bundled up, you're maybe you notice that you know the people around you are always relatively comfortable in the room that they're in, yet you're the person that is bundled up in sweaters and hoodies and blankets and you just always feel cold, this can be a sign that your body needs more support because we want to be warm. This is a really good indicator of health. And one of the ways that we can actually check in on this health marker of ours is by taking our temperature every morning. So, you know, it can actually go deeper than just you feeling cold, right? And so a good way to see where this health marker of yours falls is by actually using just a digital thermometer every morning. And ideally, you want a digital thermometer that like reads to like two decimal points so because like we're actually going to we're quite interested in like the decimal points so because there's such Um, slight fluctuations that can happen in your body temperature each month, especially if you're a menstruating human. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. But basically, if you want to get to know more about where your health lies and where you're at when it comes to this is by taking your temperature first thing every morning. So what that would look like is as soon as you wake up before you actually move or get out of bed is having your digital thermometer just like on your nightstand, right? Just Easily accessible for you, something for you to just reach over and grab. And then you can place it in your mouth for a couple of minutes, like maybe five minutes, just to get it warmed up. So you're not like placing it cold right into your mouth and getting a reading from there because sometimes it can be off if you do that. So putting the thermometer in your mouth, letting it just like warm up to your body temperature. And then taking your temperature from there. So like I said, if you are a menstruating individual, there can be and there should be ideally fluctuations in your temperature throughout the month. So I'm going to give you a couple different ideal temperatures that we want to see your body temperature at, depending on where you're at in your cycle. So if you are at the point in your cycle from when you have your period, so day one of your cycle is when your period starts, and then up until when you ovulate. So this is typically referred to as like the first half of your cycle. So from when your period starts and then to when you ovulate. So this can also be called or referred to as the menstrual cycle and the follicular phase of your cycle. So the first half of your cycle, you want to see your temperatures. And I'm going to give you Fahrenheit and Celsius because I know Most of you listening use Fahrenheit, but I'm in Canada and I know we also have a lot of people overseas who also use Celsius. So the first half of your cycle, we want to see your body temps on average at 97.6 Fahrenheit or that looks like 36.4 Celsius. So that is ideal. We want your body temps there. If they are lower than that, that might be an indication that your body does need some more support and that this health marker might be out of range. And then when you ovulate the corpus luteum actually produces progesterone. And progesterone is heat producing, which is why during the second half of the cycle, so the point after ovulation up until your period starts again, we are going to want to see an increase in temperature. And this increase in temperature throughout the second half of your cycle can be really, really small, but there should be an increase. This gives us a really good indication that you are producing progesterone because like I said, it is heat producing. So during that second half of your cycle, we want to see your body temperature at like 98.4 Fahrenheit or 36.9 Celsius. So those are ideal temperatures that we want to be seeing when you're using a digital thermometer to take your temperatures. And like I said, this is a sign of Health, we want a warm body. Your body is supposed to produce body heat, and you aren't supposed to be cold all the time. And if you are, this is a really good sign that maybe how you're nourishing your body or taking care of yourself is not actually the way that your body needs to be nourished or taken care of. So, The second thing that is often talked about along with body temperature is your pulse. Now, there's a lot of misinformation around your pulse or like how fast your heart beats every minute. So I'm going to talk about that ideal range of beats per minute, but there's a lot of misinformation and kind of myths around pulse and what this means for health. I know growing up, even um, I watched this show. It's Parks and Recreation, if you've ever watched the show before. But they even make a reference to one of the characters. He's a runner and he's really active. And even in the show, he talks about how he has like this super low pulse. And he's kind of like bragging about it as a sign of health. Whereas the real information is that if your pulse is low, it's just like having a really low body temperature. This is not a sign of health. And we actually want your pulse to be within the range of like 75 to 90 beats per minute. And if it is lower or consistently higher than that, then that's something that we'd want to look at. And it's likely an indicator that your body is asking to be supported in a different way than how it is currently being supported. Now, of course, if you do some type of exercise, for an example, like, of course, when I'm lifting weights, my heart rate, obviously gets above 90 beats per minute however at the end of my workout I'll lie down for like five to ten minutes after my workout put my feet up on the wall and my heart rate will be quite high for my workout but I do some deep breathing like belly breathing drills in through my nose and out through my mouth, that sort of thing. And then my pulse will come down back to like baseline, which is for me about like 85. Um, It usually comes back down to, and that's what we want. So it's not that it always has to be 75 to 90 beats per minute, but this is where we want that baseline we don't want it to be lower than that and we don't want it to be like chronically elevated either so this is just another health marker for you to look at and again if it's out of range that's something that's kind of like triggering us to look deeper into that and just kind of get curious of how you can support your body better the next health marker we're going to talk about is your energy. So a really great sign of health is having consistent energy throughout the day rather than these slumps. So we often hear about energy slumps usually happening like mid-afternoon, for an example. And just like a personal note here, it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon, While I'm recording this podcast episode for you and I feel quite energized and I also had a snack right before I came up to my office and started recording this podcast episode for you. So oftentimes people will experience all sorts of energy slumps throughout their day, whether that's like mid-morning or at noon or mid-afternoon, whenever it is. And that can be absolutely a sign that your body needs more nourishment and more support. So basically, we want consistent, stable energy throughout the day. And of course, we should be like waking up feeling energized rather than like really groggy and sluggish in the morning and then of course at bedtime not having this like elevated energy that kind of like tired but wired feeling there should be that gradual decline in energy and you should be ready for bed by the end of the day but like obviously not begged and feeling like you could just pass out any minute. Now, the next health marker is one that is very near and dear to my heart, and it's all about bowel movements. So your bowel movements can tell us so much about your health, and basically we want to be seeing one to three bowel movements every day, but not Just any kind of bowel movements. We want these bowel movements to be satisfying. Now, if you, I don't even think I need to describe what a satisfying bowel movement is because. If you have ever had a satisfying bowel movement, you know exactly what that is. It's like one where you don't need to force or strain to happen, but it also feels like, you know, everything kind of just cleans out and you're not feeling like, okay, but there's more to come out. It's just really satisfying. So a really good health marker is to have... One to three satisfying bowel movements every single day. And like I said, no straining involved. It feels like everything has come out that needs to come out. You're not wishing that more came out. And it shouldn't be like mushy. It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be like little rabbit pellets, right? It should be more like sausage-like. And yeah, just overall satisfying. Now, if you aren't having a bowel movement every single day, this is called constipation. And this is a really great sign that your body needs more nourishment, more support. And yeah, that is not a sign of health if you are constipated all the time. Now your menstrual cycle also tells us tons about where your health is at. So I want to be seeing a monthly bleed if you are a menstruating individual and also monthly ovulation. So it's not just about having the monthly bleed it's not just about your period but we also want to be seeing that monthly ovulation as well now also in addition to that like your period should not be scant it should not be light it should not be super short it also should not be super super heavy either or really heavy at all um so you know you want kind of like in the middle of that right you want a good bleed not too heavy not too light it's kind of like um goldilocks and the three dwarves or three bears (laughs) um hope you got a good little chuckle at that it's not the dwarves but we want just like a good bleed every month also nice bright red blood and not like spotting throughout your cycle and also you want basically little to no symptoms at all throughout your period, okay? And so that might look like maybe some mild, like very light cramping, maybe some very mild, hardly there light breast tenderness, There is going to be like a natural decline in your energy, but you shouldn't be feeling absolutely exhausted and super, super fatigued. So when I talk about kind of little to no symptoms, we do also have to note that our body is going through a lot when... We are having our period and there has been this natural decline in hormones. So it is normal to feel like you might want to stay at home and hibernate a little bit and maybe... Just like curling up on the couch sounds way more appealing than going out and being social, right? Those are all really normal things to experience when your period comes around. But things that aren't normal is having breasts that are so sore that you can't even touch them or lie down. Or you're feeling so incredibly tired that... You just can't do anything that you planned on doing that day or having such debilitating cramps that you need to cancel plans, right? Those are very common things that we experience as women but they aren't things that we should be experiencing and if we are experiencing those that is just a call to pay more attention to how we can better show up for ourselves and nourish our bodies and take care of them maybe in a different way than what we currently are now in addition to your period or just your menstrual cycle as a whole being a really good indicator of where you are at health wise also your libido so we want a strong libido like The libido should not be non-existent, okay? This is really important, and if you have absolutely no libido, this is a really great sign that your body actually needs more nourishment because if the libido is gone, that's a really good indicator that your body doesn't actually have enough resources coming in, and so why would it prioritize reproduction or even give you the urge to do that so we want a really lovely strong libido we also want strong digestion. So if you're feeling like food is sitting in your stomach, you're super bloated and you're having all of these digestive issues, this is not a sign of health and it's very likely that your body needs more support, more nourishment and to be supported in a different way than it currently is being supported. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about bloat because I feel like bloat is very like uh, overrated isn't the right word but I think there's a lot of focus placed on bloat and therefore there's a lot of misunderstandings around bloat because of the amount of focus that is placed on bloat. Now, what I want to say about bloat is that, like, when you wake up in the morning, you just slept, hopefully, seven to nine hours. So it's likely that you've gone at least seven to nine hours without eating food, Okay, so what I'm saying is when you wake up in the morning, it's very likely that there's no food in your stomach, right? Your stomach is pretty empty. It's like the food has been digested and there's nothing really sitting in your stomach. But as you go throughout the day, and this is kind of like what my day looks like, I eat breakfast, I eat a mid-morning snack, I eat lunch, I eat A mid afternoon snack, I eat dinner, and then I eat a bedtime snack. Now, I am not bloated throughout the day. However, my stomach is holding more food as the day goes on. And so I just wanted to note that, like, bloating is not the same as your stomach simply expanding because it's holding more food right like we can't expect our stomachs to look as they did when we woke up in the morning after a full day of eating okay and so I see a lot of people talking about how bloated they are whereas I'm actually quite I'm kind of curious like okay is that just is that actually bloat or is that your body like your stomach just holding some more food so I just wanted to know that um, just if your stomach isn't Like flat as it was when you woke up in the morning, that does not mean that you are bloated. Um, Bloated is more of like this uncomfortable, like distension type feeling. And it's usually triggered by eating certain foods and not all the time. If your digestion is really, really weak and lacking, then. It might not be like a particular food that's causing the bloat, but maybe your digestion is just really weak and having a hard time just digest- digesting anything at all. So we want strong digestion. We want to be able to digest all the types of foods, right, and not have all of these intolerances. That is absolutely sign of health. We want to eat the most variety as possible. Health is not, oh, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I also can't eat that because all of that bothers me, right? That is not a sign of health. We really, really do want to be able to eat as much variety as possible and tolerate as much as possible when it comes to food. Now, another sign of health, this one's really important as they all are, but we're talking about sleep. So sleep is something that I know for me personally, a lot of my clients struggle with, but as we work together on their nervous system and also nourishing their body in a better way, their sleep drastically improves. So what your sleep should look like is being able to fall asleep with ease so I know every night like I go to bed much before Scott Scott's a night owl works all night and I am consistently in bed at 10 o'clock like with my eyes closed at 10 o'clock so I'm usually in bed before that but I don't even remember falling asleep. Like I just, I say goodnight, he texts me in, We had like our little, you know, nightly ritual and I fall asleep and it's wonderful. I fall asleep with ease and that is how it should be. And we should also be able to stay asleep all throughout the night. Now, again, this was not something that I was able to do in the past. I was always waking up, tossing and turning, always, always waking up and going pee. Now let's not use like waking up to go pee in the middle of the night as an excuse. Like I, I knew that a health marker was to sleep throughout the night, but I always, also thought that oh well if I'm waking up to go pee like that's just you know that's fine because clearly my body just needs to go pee but no (laughs) we should not be waking up to go pee in the middle of the night you should be able to sleep all throughout the night and wake up in the morning and then go pee um like last night for an example is a perfect example I went to bed right at 10 and I slept solid and then my bladder woke me up and I looked at the clock and it was 6 a.m. so I slept a solid eight hours and then in the morning my bladder was like knock 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 we need to go pee and so that is how our sleep should be uninterrupted For at least like seven to nine hours. That's a really great range, is getting a solid, uninterrupted seven to nine hours of sleep every single night. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to support your body in being able to do that, but making sure your body's getting the right nourishment and enough nourishment plays a huge role in being able to do that. I am living proof that like, I used to wake up every single night to go pee, and now I do not. So there's that. <laughs> and then the next health marker we're going to talk about is hair health. And so one like health issue that I hear a lot of women talking about Is hair loss and so hair loss is an energy issue meaning like the body's not getting enough energy and so we want our hair to be growing really well it should be strong and healthy and not dry and brittle and falling out so your hair can actually tell you a lot about your health I did not include this in my podcast episode notes today but the same goes for like your skin and your nails as well right we want like clear skin healthy strong nails that grow well rather than like these brittle breaking nails too so it kind of we'll put that all under that same category hair skin nails we want them to be healthy rather than like dry and brittle and breaking and falling out. So the next health marker we're going to move on to is workout recovery. So when you do a workout we actually want to see you being able to recover well from that workout. And I kind of mentioned this before is like when you work out, yes, absolutely. Your heart rate is going to elevate from that workout. However, your heart rate should not be elevated All day after that. And sometimes that is what happens when the body is not in a healthy state, when it is in this like stressed out state and not receiving enough nourishment, the heart rate will actually stay elevated all day. And that is not a sign of health. So you want to be able to do a workout. And as I described before, We want our heart rate to return to baseline after that workout. If like an hour has passed and your heart rate is still elevated, that is a sign that you're not recovering well. Also, like you shouldn't be feeling super, super depleted. Like you shouldn't be feeling depleted at all after your workouts. Let's be honest. And you shouldn't be feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to lie down and have a nap That is absolutely a sign that you went too hard and you're placing too much stress and too much demand on your body. Like you do not need to be leaving your workout feeling that way. So how your body actually recovers after a workout or its ability to recover from a workout is really important. And then just since we talked about sleep already and now that we're talking about workout recovery, another sign that, you know, your body isn't being well nourished and maybe your workouts aren't working for you is if you do a workout and you sleep like shit that night, That is another huge sign that, like I said, your body's not being nourished properly. Your nervous system is still stuck in that fight-or-flight state, the sympathetic state, and the workout was not what your body needed. Now, moving on to mood. So we can actually learn a lot about how we're being nourished and the state of our health from our mood. Essentially, we want to see like kind of an overall general positive outlook on life. We don't want to see you feeling depressed or kind of maybe even going through in and out of these depressive episodes or even feeling anxious. And a lot of people can feel like they go in and out of these anxious episodes, even throughout a single day. And so a sign of health is actually having really quite stable moods throughout the day. And then moving into kind of like your ability to think. So just kind of how your brain is working, your cognition, um, your focus, that sort of thing. This is all a sign of health. So if you're able to focus throughout the day, you feel like you have like clear thoughts, mental clarity, no brain fog. That is all a sign of health. And then your immune system as well, of course. Um, we don't want you to be getting sick all of the time. If you are constantly sick, I remember growing up and some of my friends, I felt like they were just always sick. And I was kind of one of those girls that I just never got sick. And so that's more of a sign of health than always getting sick, of course. And then if you do get sick, because let's not kind of like disregard the fact that we have been living in a global pandemic since March 2020, and it's very likely that at some point you have gotten sick over the past few years now this does not mean that you aren't healthy like this stuff happens but a sign of health is being like relatively resilient to illnesses and you know you're not sick all the time and then when you do get sick because like I said it is likely that you have gotten sick over the past few years um, that you are able to recover relatively quickly. Um, I do acknowledge that like COVID is a whole other beast when it comes to, you know, talking about viruses and illnesses and stuff like that. Um, I've had it, Twice. I had it in May 2021 and then May 2022, and neither times were pleasant or fun. But you know, outside of COVID, like I can't remember the last time I got sick. So, COVID got me twice. It wasn't fun. Um, But outside of that, I have a relatively pretty strong immune system, and that is absolutely a sign of health and being just like well-nourished because we need to be well-nourished in order to be healthy and then moving on to appetite so diet culture tells us that we should never be hungry and hunger is bad And actually, I want to talk about something in regards to hunger. I'm going to kind of go on a rant here. Okay. So as you all know, like if you know anything about me, if you've listened to any of my podcast episodes before, or if you follow me on Instagram, or maybe you're a client of mine, you know, you know me quite well if you are a client of mine, but I am big on like celebrating the fact that you have hunger. Like having hunger is such a great sign of health. And that's exactly why I included it in this health markers episode. We want to feel hunger. Like this is not something we need to be ashamed of or worried about, or, you know, hunger should not lead us to thinking what's wrong with me right? Why am I hungry? Like, This is a sign of health if you are hungry, okay? Of course, I don't want you to be constantly hungry throughout the day. That is just absolutely a sign that you're not getting enough food during the day and you need more nourishment. But my rant, let's talk about this. So I do these workouts i've talked about them before i subscribe to like brett Contreras's monthly workout program i like them because they're like three days a week so it's not too much it's just like the right dose for me they're full body and it's nothing crazy it's like sticking to the basics like squats hip thrusts bench press deadlifts chin-ups all the good stuff, right? Like nothing fancy, frilly, crazy. I've always liked just like the basics when it comes to working out and weightlifting. So I subscribed to his workouts and there's a Facebook group. Now I'm usually not one to like join Facebook groups, but this Facebook group is really great because you can like post a video if you need like a form check it honestly is the closest you can get to kind of like one-on-one personal training online because yeah like you can record your workouts you can post them in the facebook group The coaches will get back to you and give you feedback, that sort of thing. And honestly, the group is really inspiring and supportive. And it's just a really great group of people overall. Like, there's not like, you know, trolls and nasty people in the group because they get kicked out pretty fast. But, anyways, here's where my rant comes in. This gal posted in the group and she was saying like how she feels really hungry and like she's wondering what to do, if she like actually does need to eat more food, like that kind of thing, right? Those were kind of her questions. And obviously like I wanted to comment and be like, hey, like this is a great thing. You know, hunger is a sign of health. Kind of say all of my typical Meg things, you know, because they're the truth. And so I scrolled down to comment and I kid you not, the very first comment on this poor gal's post was someone commenting, asking her like if she was actually hungry. And it was so sad to me to read that. Like the first comment was, are you sure you're actually hungry? And then I scrolled down again, and the second comment was, are you drinking enough water throughout the day? And this is just, like, so classic. It is such a classic, classic example of diet culture and how absolutely afraid we are as women to actually honor our body and trust our body and so you can bet that I still commented on this gal's post and ensured her that you know hunger was a good thing and this was a really positive sign from her body and like telling her all the truth and wisdom that I have if she took me seriously or listened to me at all. I have no idea. She did not comment back. She liked my post, but did not comment back. But we'll see. I wish her the best, but yeah. I wanted to share that with you because I'm talking about having an appetite as a sign of health, and it absolutely is. like. I do not want to see you having no appetite throughout the day. Having an appetite is such a great sign of health. Like I said, before I sat down to record this podcast episode, I had lunch around noon and then I worked at my computer for a couple hours And I knew I had to record this episode, but I noticed myself like, okay, I need a snack. Like I was pretty snacky. I definitely needed to eat something. And I had only ate a couple hours ago, but this is a sign that my body is like thriving. This is a sign of health. And so I just really wanted to kind of like hammer that home, if you will. And, um, yeah, just let you know that like, if you experience these normal fluctuations in hunger throughout the day, that is amazing. It is, it is a sign of health and you should absolutely be honoring that hunger and not feeling as though there's something wrong with you and that you just need to drink more water. Like that is, absolutely not the answer and that is not going to get you closer to health now the final health marker that I want to talk about is always also something that is close to my heart especially now that I am becoming a certified somatic experiencing practitioner. I do a lot of somatic experiencing work with my clients and they have been loving it. And we've been getting such incredible results and making just like beautiful strides in their healing journey because of somatic experiencing support. So How does the nervous system like play a role in your health and why is it a health marker? So we should not be like calm 24-7. We have different states of our nervous system that we should be like, you know, using at different times when we need them. Like there's a purpose, right? So I think the fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system kicks in when we need that fight or flight response. You're probably familiar with that. But I do think that that state has kind of become looked down on in, like the health and wellness world, right? It's like, there's such kind of like a negative connotation or a negative view on the sympathetic state. And no, it is not great to be chronically stuck in the fight or flight response, but we need it. Like that is a survival response and we need that. So there is nothing wrong with it, but we don't want to be in it 24-7 and it would be totally like unrealistic and you wouldn't even want to be in the parasympathetic or that rest and digest calm state 24-7 right because Imagine a threat actually did come into your life. You need to be able to hop into that fight or flight response and, you know, survive. And so we want to be able to be flexible and be able to access each of these states within our nervous system. And so that's why I included your nervous system as part of this episode and why we want to look at the nervous system when it comes to our health, because the state of our nervous system absolutely does influence our health. And it, it actually goes beyond just like being able to be flexible between different states of our nervous system. But like for an example, the state of your nervous system actually influences digestion and, like, just all-around digestion. For an example, one of the clients that I started working with earlier this fall, she came to me and she had so many digestive issues, so many food intolerances. She was like hardly eating any food because she just felt like she couldn't tolerate anything. So her food List that she could tolerate was really really small and really really restrictive not because she wanted it to be like that but because she just felt like she couldn't tolerate anything and then her and I started to do somatic work together and then voila one session comes and she's like you know what Meg it's it's really amazing to me I don't even really need to like Worry about what I eat anymore because I feel like I can tolerate all these foods that I once couldn't tolerate. And it really does come back to all of the nervous system work that we did together. So it's pretty incredible what we can accomplish when we're working with the nervous system and getting out of that fight or flight and no longer stuck in that sympathetic state. So this has been a hearty episode. It we're at like an hour. So I appreciate you sticking with me. Most of my solo episodes are not an hour, but as I said at the beginning of the episode, I am absolutely not a like concise Short winded person. I like details. I like going deep. I like giving you all the information and I like going on rants. So I hope you enjoyed this. I love hanging out with you all every week. You can look forward to another solo episode from, from me next week and you can also tell when it's time to like wrap up the episode when I start stumbling over my words and I'm not even gonna edit that out because I like being real with you all and you know not really like giving this highly edited podcast episode. I just like, I like the real stuff. I mean, when I listen to podcasts, which I don't listen to many, but you know, I'm a big like crime, true crime podcast listener. And I like the Ones that aren't like highly edited, you know? So anyways, again, me going on a little bit of a rant. But I will be back here with you next week. And just as always, you know, if you do need, like if any of this episode resonates with you and you're feeling like, gosh, I would really love Meg's support on this journey please reach out to me. You can go into the show notes. I have a link where you can read more about what it looks like to work with me. I work right now with clients in a one-on-one setting. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, absolutely reach out through the form on my website. Like I said, that's all linked in the show notes. I will also include my direct email in the show notes as well, just in case that's easier for you. And yeah, go on, have a great week. And thank you again for tuning in and being here with me again this week. I really appreciate you.